Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. Man, that's quite the intro, isn't it? Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Good morning, Greenville Oaks. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Good morning, Greenville Oaks. There we go. It's really great to be here. I love seeing the room start to fill up a little bit. Uh, We need to encourage our friends and neighbors that are able to get out to to join us. Uh, I don't know about you, but I love worshiping with these folks. I love being brought before the throne of God and just having a few moments to kind of lay our heart out before God. And I I hope you enjoy that too. It's time to relax, so let's take a deep breath. Everybody in through the nose, out through the mouth. Hold it before you blow it out. You ready? Here we go. Hold it. Relax, let it go. All right. If you want to kick your feet forward, kick your feet forward. Put your arm on the back of the chair. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes with me for a moment. I want you to imagine. I want you to remember something. So close your eyes with me. I mean, come on, humor me. I want you to think back on a time when you experienced something that you knew from that moment forward, your life had changed. Think think about when that was. Maybe it was when you stood on that stage and you saw her in that dress walking down the aisle and she took your breath away. Or maybe you were walking down the aisle and you looked up and he was there in his suit or tuxedo and you began to tremble in excitement. Remember a time when you knew from that point forward, everything was different. Maybe it was when they came and laid that baby in your arms and you stared down into that beautiful face and you realized nothing ever would be the same. Or for you, maybe it was the first time you stood with your toes in the ocean and you peered out across that enormous expanse and were overcome with a realization of the power and the depth and the breadth. Or maybe it was your first time in the mountains and you stared at those snow-covered peaks And you took your first lungful of crisp mountain air. And you knew nothing would ever be the same. Think about that. Okay, you can open your eyes. Do you remember that? Do you remember that experience? what that was like to feel that kind of moment of life where you knew everything from that point forward 
was going to be different. Those moments don't happen very often, do they? But when they do happen, it's like our life has this massive tectonic shift, right? It's like there's this massive shift and everything is kind of shaken and you realize from that point forward, things are different. Values are different. Life is different. I want to read a passage out of Genesis chapter 12 where this happened. And it happens a lot in Scripture. But listen to Genesis 12 and the story of Abram. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. That might be my favorite part of that whole passage. 75 years old. And he has this tectonic shift in his life. And because of that moment, that experience with God, where he knows from that point forward, life is different. He's no longer living in Haran. But he and his nephew and their extended family are now nomads waiting on God to point the way. I think this call of Abram gives us at least three lessons to learn. And the first is this. Whenever you really really, really meet God, whenever you finally see God for who he really is, whenever the scales fall from your eyes and you peer into God's face, maybe for the first time, it changes you. And it changes you into a person of mission. Now, I'm not saying missionary, but it changes you into a person of mission. When you finally get that moment, that spiritual moment where you realize I've just bumped into the divine, it's like a massive tectonic shift happens in life and you're changed from who you were to a person obsessed with God's mission. Let me see if I can explain this. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it in a way that's gonna show my age. But I, it looks like I'm in good company here, so we're, we're good. How many of you remember the 1985 uh, Ron Howard film called Cocoon? Anybody remember seeing that movie years and years and years ago? Uh, I, I got to thinking about that and I was like, man, I'm not even sure I remember much of that movie. 
So it's a story of these aliens who had come and uh, set up uh, an outpost in Atlantis. And of course, Atlantis sank and they lost their outpost and they, they kept some of their people, some of their aliens in cocoons at the bottom of the ocean until they could come back and retrieve them. And the movie is about a group of them coming back to retrieve them. But as they do, in order to interact with human beings, it's as if they dress up in human flesh. And do we have that picture? There is, did we get it? I don't know if we got it. There's a picture, remember the actor Brian Dennehy? He's one of these aliens. And there's a moment in the film where he's gonna reveal who he is and he pulls down just the inside of his eyelid and this bright white light shines forth revealing that this is no ordinary human being. It's a little bit of what it's like when you have that first experience of bumping into God, when you finally see the glory and the majesty, when you finally see and can begin, just begin to wrap your brain around how amazing God is. when you see God for the first time or for the first time in a long time. It destroys our what's in it for me kind of attitude. We are no longer the kind of what's in it for me type people once we've seen God. And in some way or another, God turns us into a person of mission and he sends us to do something somewhere with somebody. That doesn't mean going overseas. It might mean right here. But he sends us. Do you know what the Latin, you know the Latin word from which we get the word mission? The Latin word from which we get the word mission is missio. But in Latin, you want to know what missio really means? It means to send. And it's a really pedestrian word, a really common word. Send your kid to the store for some milk. Send your husband to mow the lawn. Send anybody anywhere. It's just a common word to send somebody. And when we finally see God and we're overwhelmed We're made breathless by the very vision of the divine bumping into human beings. From that point, we're like, whatever you need out of me, God, send me wherever, use me however. Not just missionaries, it's not just us sending missionaries, but as God sending all of us. It's something like the Exodus 3 story of Moses. You remember this story? Moses is at Mount Haran and he sees this bush and it appears to be on fire, but it's not burning up. And then all of a sudden out of the bush, a voice comes and he says, take off your sandals. You're standing on sacred ground. And in that moment, Moses realized he was bumping into the divine. Now we know that Moses believed in God before that. He had been raised as a Hebrew in Pharaoh's household. 
But in that moment, Moses' life had a tectonic shift. And what did God do? At the end of that passage, God says, go, go to Pharaoh. Or like the Isaiah 6 passage. Listen, we know this passage well. Listen to how it reads. Isaiah 6, 1. In the, king, in the year King Uzziah died, next two words are tremendously important. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw. I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne in the train of his robe, filled the temple. Isaiah sees the Lord. Perhaps for the first time in his whole life, and he falls down like any of us would. And he's like, whoa, is me. And moments later, a voice comes echoing out of the heavens. I've got something for someone to do. Who's gonna do it? And Isaiah's like, I'm in. I'm in, I've seen the Lord. I'm blown away by what I see and that causes me to volunteer for whatever God has. It's like the story of Peter and the miraculous catch of fish in Luke chapter five. Do you remember this story? Jesus is on uh, the edge of the lake and there's a crowd pressing in on him. And if I'm reading in between the lines there a little bit, Jesus keeps getting kind of bumped into the water as he's trying to teach this crowd of people, but they keep pressing in on him. And he sees down the shore a couple of boats and some fishermen and their nets. They've been out all night long and now they're back in the morning and they're cleaning their nets. And Jesus goes down the shore to Peter and he says, hey, would you pull your boat? Can I get in your boat and you pull it out a little way from the shore? That way I can speak to the people and they won't keep kind of bumping into me. Now, I suspect some of you watch the TV show Wicked Tuna. You kind of know how salty these fishermen can be. I kind of imagine Peter a bit that way, kind of a salty blue collar fisherman. And I can just imagine what's going through his mind when he's just like, oh man, I've been out all night. We got nothing. I'm cleaning my nets. Can I just go home and get some sleep? But out of respect for the rabbi, Peter takes his boat, pulls it off. Jesus preaches, teaches, finishes his message. And Peter is about to move back into shore when Jesus says, hey, let's go out to the deeper waters and this time throw your net over the other side of the boat. Now, again, here's the, here's the internal dialogue that's going on in Peter's head. Like, he's like, dude, I'm a professional fisherman. I've been at this all night. You think just going out one more time is going to make a big difference? And furthermore, it doesn't matter which side of the boat you throw the net off of. I mean, this is the internal dialogue I imagine going on with Peter. But out of respect, for the rabbi, he goes, he throws the net out, 
catches this miraculous catch of fish, starts pulling it in, boat starts sinking, calls to his buddies, they bring their boat out, fill that boat up, it starts sinking, and in that moment, Peter realizes he has just bumped into the divine. Prior to that, he knew Jesus as a rabbi. In that moment, he saw Jesus as the son of the living God. And he falls down and he says, whoa, whoa, I can't be a part. You got to get away from me. I am, I'm a blue collar, wicked tuna kind of fisherman. You can't be around me. Do you remember what Jesus says to him right at the end of that story? He says, from now on, Peter, I'm going to make you fish for people. There's the sending. When you finally see God in all of his glory, in all of his holiness, when you are finally convinced that God is utterly incomparable. Literally nothing compares with the Lord. When you finally see that or see it again, you're undone. You are just undone. You're blown away. It's not, it's not calm it's not normal, it's not polite, it's just an undoing of your humanity when you bump into the divine. And now, God is ready to use you. That's what we call Christian ministry. Some of you may know the name Tim Keller. I'm gonna give you Tim Keller's definition of Christian ministry. Here's Tim Keller's very simple definition of Christian ministry. Taking your gifts and resources and meeting the needs of others in Christ's name. It's not complicated. Taking the, the gifts and the resources that you have and using them to meet the needs of other people in the name of Jesus. It is that simple. So lesson number one, whenever you really meet God, it changes you into a person of mission. Before you guys start calculating, lessons two and three aren't anywhere close to as long as that. Lesson number two, you cannot be a blessing until you are willing to lose something. Abraham had to leave his home. In effect, he lost his extended family. He lost his culture. He lost his homeland. The message of Philippians chapter two, you know this ancient Christ hymn who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be held on to. Jesus gave up his div divine gifts. He gave up his omnipresence. He gave up his omnipotence. 
And ultimately, God incarnate gave up his life. You cannot be a blessing until you are willing to lose. Willing to lose your time, willing to lose your treasure, or willing to lose your talents. So, of course, that begs the question, what are you willing to lose? Are you willing to lose some time in order to serve God's purposes in this world? Are you willing to give of your treasure? That's, of course, what a special collection is all about. Are you willing to use some of your talents, skills, gifts, competencies for the sake of helping others? You cannot be a blessing unless you're willing to lose something. Message number three. When you are, when you finally see God and you realize God has a claim on your life and you're willing to sacrifice something, you'll be blessed like you cannot imagine. And you will have the pleasure of watching God use your life to bless other people. You'll literally see God using you almost like from a third higher plane, watching God use you in a way that you never knew he could or would. God has shown us this time and time and time again. When people catch a glimpse of him, and they're willing to lose, they they adopt an attitude that all hell can break loose, and it's okay because God's got our back. He blesses us like never before, and he uses us to bless others like never before. We see this pattern at work throughout Scripture and throughout the last 2,000 years of Christian history. We see it in Abram. We see it in Moses. We see it in David, Isaiah, Jesus, Peter, Paul, and hundreds and thousands of Christians in 2,000 years, and we see it in you. We see the same pattern working among God's people today. You know exactly what I'm describing this morning. We talk a lot around here at Greenville Oaks about transformation. But let me just go on the record here. Transformation, spiritual transformation is impossible It's impossible in Rwanda, it's impossible on the Med Rim, it's impossible in Regina, Saskatchewan, and it's impossible right here in Collin County without first catching a glimpse of this eternal, glorious, mighty God, the eternal God of love. Until we catch a glimpse of him in his love, transformation is impossible. So here's my invitation to you this morning. Number one, peer deeply. Peer deeply into the face of God. Allow him to take your breath away again and again. Help us Keep Caleb and Jenny on the med rim, Kevin and Lisa in Regina, Saskatchewan, literally making 
history-changing ministry in their respective locations. That's not hyperbole. It's not an exaggeration to say that what our missionaries are doing is literally changing Christian history. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you understand that. And number three, figure out how God wants to use you right here in Collin County. <coughs> All right, I think we have a, uh, a graph of our budget for this year. We are, we are offering you a very um, conservative missions budget of $150,000 for 2022. In light of all that has gone on, we felt like it was prudent to really carve back. But what I want you to note here on this $150,000 budget is that 88% of it goes directly to our missionaries, goes to the Med Rim, goes to Rwanda, and goes to Regina, Saskatchewan. Only 1% is used for sort of incidentals like insurance. 11% is for us to experience God's mission. It's for us to send our kids on summer internships and spring break campaigns, and for us to go on summer mission trips to experience God's transformation and take it to other people. So there's two ways of giving. There, you can give digitally and you can give with a paper check. If you give digitally, I think we have a video that we're going to show here. You can use that uh, QR code. Do we have the video? There we go. Watch this video, and it'll take you through the process of giving digitally. If you want to give with a paper check, we have these beautiful, handy-dandy little receptacles. And there is one straight ahead of me, right down the end of the center aisle. This one, obviously comes from this door. We have an identical one over at that door. And we ask you to fill out that pledge card if you're making a pledge for the year. If you have a check, uh, please drop it in here. But as you do, make sure you indicate missions in the memo line because general uh, fund checks are in here also and our office staff needs to be able to distinguish between the two. If you can't give today, please make a pledge. We have got some amazing work going on around the world through this congregation in Allen, Texas, and we need your help to keep going. Your willingness to give and support missions is making a historic change in parts of the world that are utterly broken. So thank you for your participation. Okay, for our benediction, I'm going to ask everybody to stand with me, and we'll close us out for this morning. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And the church says in a loud voice, amen. Go in peace.
Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Make sure to give us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.